What a mistake by the Chileans. Uh, not expected on my end there with the Germans winning the Confets Cup. But welcome, everybody, to another episode of Defender Problems. Before we get into the game, John, how you doing, buddy? Good to be back, huh? Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Shut uh, up. I want to enjoy that Germany <laughs> win and, and all their amazingness in the world of soccer. But uh, there's a little bit of a situation happening here uh, in L.A. with our soccer team, man. Is this happening? Are we getting into that right now? No, we're not. But it's called foreshadowing. Oh, I like that. If you guys don't know by now, you should probably go listen to episode, if I'm correct, 13. Yes. And I'll let you know that we're starting to name our episode. And uh, today's episode is called Love Kurtz, John. Yeah, Love Kurtz. A little play on words. Uh, and if you don't understand it now, don't worry. We'll get into it a little bit later. We'll get into it later. But yeah, today's episode is Love Kurtz. Uh, yeah, Mikey, good to be back. Uh, obviously, it was a festive weekend here How was in your the weekend? States. It was chill. Four days off. Um, a lot of days off. I noticed something about myself, though. Say it. Just say it. Don't I don't think about I don't it. like, unless I truly have, like, a vacation plan. I don't like a lot of things. Neither do I. I don't, I don't, unless I have a true vacation plan, like, where I know I'm going somewhere to the point where it takes, you know, a plane to get there or a long road trip. Dude, I hate days off without work. At some point, the first one's cool. Maybe the down. last one's cool because I'm kind of like, oh, bummer, work tomorrow. But somewhere in between, I get tr- I get bored. You know, if we if there's truly nothing to do, being at home too much is like ugh. And four days off, Mikey, with this Fourth of July I weekend, we I was like, oh god. Like you being married, kind of. It's kind of like ugh. Like nothing. Like we're not. We're gonna. You know, we're gonna do nothing. Like in and a that's, sense, that's like a, g- a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. We had this conversation. When you get married, it's like one of those things where it's like it becomes a cool thing. To stay in, right? That's the thing. So that's a cool. You've been going out, but that's a cool thing on a random. That's a cool thing on a random day. God knows what. (laughs) That's a cool thing on a random day, (laughs) but like on a on a day where like the world's telling you, hey, you don't got work, bro. Go find something to do when everybody else is out as well. Yeah, too much of that makes you want. It it kills me as a married couple. So it's not just you; it's your wife as well. In a sense, but I've always been like this. I've always basically I start I start missing work, which is a good. That's a good problem to have. But uh, that's like uh, your that's your father in, in you. It's my Mexican blood. You know what it is as well. Me, I mean, I'm not single, but no, you're not. I'm, no, you're I not. mean, me and Carla aren't married either. But for sure, I feel like when there's something happening, like we got to go do something. Yeah. So and, opposite. Yeah. But, but at some point, you're gonna be like, Let's maybe stay maybe in. she's knowingly putting that pressure on me to be like, yeah, you want to stay home, Mike? Do you? Huh? Do you, champ? Well, you got to put uh, a ring on it. You know hey, what? Girls are clever. Very clever. They're smart. That's how they get you. You know who got got? But you know what? It's crazy is I try to explain to her the offsides trap and she doesn't get it. It's a, di- you know what? The, sometimes Man. we're in the attacking half. She's like, is that off babe? And I can't stand it, John. You know what's the trip? My woman, my woman knows like, I, cause I've had this conversation. She's European. She understands the offside trap, but there will be moments where we'll go to like a galaxy game or like if there's like an intense oh, God, game going galaxy, on. Tell please don't talk about it. Fuck. A G2 game? Sorry. Not even those. Don't eat, uh, There'll be times we're watching games either live or whatever, and, and if something happens quick, and I'm like, oh, that's off. Like, if I react because I see it, she'll be like, wait, what? What do you mean off? Yeah, I So can't it's still, stand there's it. still moments where there's like a clear offside. Do they have each other's but number? Sometimes it's too. Do they communicate? Pretty sure. Well, social media is how you have each other's number oh, these no, days. No, no, no. Oh, that is true. <sighs> Enough of this chit chat, man. Even Hollywood's misses. Con- oh, my gosh. Everybody. Oh, my gosh. It's all connected. It's like that, uh, what's that movie I just that figured nobody out. saw? How? Which movie? Uh, is it called The Circle with Tom Hanks? With that, with, nobody saw it? I don't think so. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I didn't see that. Doom? I'm a Fastbender fan. No, I don't. I don't I'm not big on a game. Avatar? I'm not big the on last movies Airbender? that were turned into uh, like shows or Dragon Ball Z evolution? whatever that turned into movies. No, no, no. I don't see that stuff. You know what I am watching, though? Spider-Man. I'm going to watch Spider-Man. I have to sneeze, brother. It's gonna ruin our podcast. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and do your thing. I'm I'll, step I'll, away from the mic. Well, go ahead. I'll have a, I'll have a, a smooth little transition. So we played for you at the beginning of this episode, at the top of this episode. I'm back. Uh, the soundbite for the, for the Germany goal. And with that lone goal, Mikey, they were able 
to win the Confederations Cup. Cup. Now, here's the thing. Talking to one of my good buddies uh, who is German and lives in Germany. Vincent. He says, no, these, the German arrogance. German arrogance within their genius. They have to be really careful yeah. about how they go about saying things like this because it's very scary to other people. They say they don't care about this Confederations Cup. Literally, he was like, you know what, man? That hurts to be honest you. with you, he's like... Because of the youthful squad? No, because they think this tournament doesn't mean anything. Right. Oh, it's which like, which I guess understands the, the dude, team's understand approach. understand how far they are yeah, in terms of exactly. development that they're like, yeah, it's just a Confed Cup. Dude, we're over here crying that we've missed the last two Confed Cups. That was... Oh, my gosh. This, this, my, our German buddy is over there winning Confederations Cup. With the youth team. And he said... Yeah, exactly. With freaking a B team. If you can... This That's is, probably one of the best B teams. I don't teams know I've about calling it a B team, though, man. A B team, because a B team has like a negative connotation. This happens to be the, a second team, but in no way like inferior to the point where, right. where the good soccer goes away, where it's compromised. I think there's maybe like a handful, maybe like three, four players that could step on to the, the I, guess, I guess, the German A team. That are probably like immediate players in the in a part of the like if oh, Germany no. had to make 23 Dude, right I, now I don't know if you watched the final Emery Chan came on like at the 80s like 82nd yeah, minute and I, I was, told my dad I was like, that's probably their best player yeah I was thinking the same on. thing and he the same thing happened uh it, it was happening like a lot during the during the tournament where it's just like wow dude are you are you kidding me like yes it's a yes it's a B team I understand I, I'll I'll go with the rest of the world and understand look I know what you mean you're wrong but I get what you mean right. when you try to call it a B team but yeah, there are certain there are certain subs that they make, and I'm like, okay, well, this guy is still pretty good. Or whenever you watch like random like Bundesliga games, and then like you have to see them here to be like, I totally remember this guy. This guy is really good. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so yeah, back to my buddy Vince. He said that uh, the most, I don't know, like the most rewarding part of that whole win was just watching Chileans cry. Very German of him. Give him <laughs> very German <laughs> of my buddy Vince. Happy. Tell him about the crazy stat that he told you about the appearances for the Chileans and the appearances for the Germans. So with the with the team that Germany called in compared to the team that uh, Chile had in the Confederations Cup, if you put all of those players' international caps together, uh, in Chile you had over 900 games, international games played, if you put everyone together and, and you count all their caps. And in Germany, Mikey, it was a little under 200. So that basically means that the Chilean team has played... Well, the German team has only played a third of the international matches that Chile had. And Mikey, it didn't even look like it. It didn't. It looked like the complete opposite of that, man. These guys are just polished. They're good to go. Man, uh, thoughts on Germany? I mean, we can talk a lot about it. Uh, I have a lot of good feelings. I have a lot of appreciation for it. We're both coaches. We're both fans of soccer. There's so many good things to take away. Uh, but one of the things that I'm going to go ahead and say, and I... I I'm going to be honest about it. Now, it's not going to sound as bad as I might make it right now. Or it's not. it wasn't as bad as it's going to seem right now. But I was skeptical with this with this um, group that they brought in. Not because I thought that they weren't good. I just thought it wasn't going to be fun to watch. I was like, they're going to do their thing. They're going to have fun with it. But as a spectator, us watching it on the other side of the world, it's not going to be like watching Germany. You know, sometimes you watch Germany or you get ready to watch the full team and you're like, yes, we're going to see how you guys play. And something about this one, like kind of that like celebrity status kind of went away. Uh, but man, they I think they won the hearts of the soccer community immediately and they took that uh junior varsity tag off their freaking foreheads like within the They're first so game. good. It was just great. Where does it come from? Well, we I know, know where it comes from. I don't know if you remember it. the last episode we did where we talked about the, the, the semifinals, which was going to be Chile mm-hmm. versus Portugal and then Mexico versus Germany. Yeah, and I was like, dude, the Germans are going to crush the Mexicans. You know, I want Mexico to win. But Germany's gonna crush Mexico, right. and that's what happened. You know what it is? They're just so we're, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna, I don't want to take you back too far, but you have to remember the Dutch started the total football movement, which is great. The Spaniards came along more recently, and they came up with this more possession based, yeah. more more of the idea we're gonna hold on to it just so we don't have to defend. Yeah. And then along that came players like you know Iniesta and Xavi, and even Messi, who's not technically Spanish, but that idea of incision and getting it behind and moving without the ball. But the whole time, the Germans have kind of just been lingering in the background. I don't mm-hmm. know what they've been up to. If you read a book, it's called Das Reboot, which yeah, John has. I've been, I've, been, I've been bugging him about it. Hopefully, he finishes it soon. He's been like having it for like three years. I could just probably buy it, actually. <laughs> yeah, Amazon. So they talk about how they were consistently getting third place, third place, third place, yeah. which is good. But in yeah. their eyes, they, they felt that it was way below what they were capable right. of. And look at them now. They just won the Confeds Cup very convincingly. I will admit that there were at times. I mean, both teams had chances. Chile, a team that's super attack-minded and super, they mesh so well together. Like you said, over 900 appearances, 
It's just unreal to think that they could lose to a team of Germany stature. But let's not forget that the Germans play in a way where no one player is key. Everybody is in a way interchangeable and everybody relies on one another. And that's the true definition of soccer. What's crazy is that, I mean, as Americans, the Germans are doing it. So we look and we're like, ah, oh, the Germans, dude. Yeah. At every corner, they have us wound up, except in, you know, war. But let's <laughs> not get into that. Yeah. So it, it's, it's something that I saw coming. I'm glad Chile didn't win because Chile won the Copa America, uh, a tournament that I would have loved my my Yanks to have won. But unfortunately, we ran into the Argentinians and then the Argentinians ran into their kryptonite, the, the Chileans. So it's good to see a South American team Crazy. go down, at least in my opinion. It's good to see Germany because I think Germany's kind of creating the sense of if you don't catch up to us now, if you don't do anything now, we're going to be killing you guys in Russia, in Qatar, if it's still going to be in Qatar, or Qatar, sorry. Thank you. It's Qatar, I think. It's Qatar for sure, but I understand that you like to call it Qatar. And maybe we can make it a thing, but everyone needs to know that you re- you mean Qatar. And then once they know it, like, they, like for example, they know it now, so now you can call it Qatar. Shout out to Kid Cudi. And then, Scotty. I mean, assuming USA 2026. So I think unless something happens to the Germans, man. It's probably going to still be them. It's it, They just won. Let's, let's recap. They won the Confeds Cup. They won the World Cup. Prior, yeah. And then they just won the U21 Euros. Mm-hmm. And they beat a Spanish team where, like, Dennis Suarez was coming off the bench or something. Mm-hmm. So, and then, like, I think three of these players that were on the German team that won the Confeds Cup didn't go to the U21. Right. And they could and they could have been. And it was, yeah. it was just like, what? I don't, so, what? it's like, dude, these players are just ridiculous. At every corner, you think that's it, too? This is what I wanted to run by. You think it has to do with the fact that all these, dom- not domestic clubs, but while they're playing with their clubs, mm-hmm. they are being taught in a way that rep- like they replicate it on the national team, which is a big problem I think Mexico has. Yeah. Even the Americans, like the Americans at their MLS clubs, they don't play the way that the national team wants them to play. But yeah. I think in Germany, the Germans play yeah, yeah. the way they do at the international level, the way they do domestically with their club team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are two levels of pride when it comes to, in this case, coaching or developing talent within the Bundesliga. So I the believe that one of it, one of them, one of the, one of the, you know, the styles of pride that you see is one that you want to go out and you want to compete, you want to win, you want to. So put, we're talking about like the, psych- the psychology of the yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. So you want to. So like at all times, you want to win the Bundesliga. Like, like I'm not trying to say is, even though, well, the national team is the most important thing, and everyone that's why they're so great. They fall into the same understanding, but within that, they they know how to they know how to put it to the side. So you're saying. Yes, we want to win the Bundesliga, right? But also at the same time, exactly. we, we want to play. Correct. I know what we're doing because we want to do well for the national team. So yeah, so there's an understanding. There's an understanding. Like, hey, look, we're gonna do well. We want to compete. For example, if you're Bayern Munich, you hate, you know, Borussia or Dortmund Schalk. or Schalke. Like, and, and that stuff is real. Don't think that they're all friends and they all see the bigger picture at all times or in the moment. They're like, hey, look. Most importantly, though, we're a national team. Blah blah. blah. No, so they they have that kind of pride. But at the same time, all the coaches recognize because of national pride, because of because of respect for the soccer that is that is expected, the soccer that is played, the soccer that has that has been and the one that will be in the future. I feel like they all care a lot about developing the players the same way because they do want them to have success, you know, with the full national team. And that is one thing that every country, in my opinion, because is in missing. a sense, it'll help everybody. It'll help the exactly. coaches. It'll help the players. If yeah. your country is just winning everything. Yeah. And but don't get me wrong, I like you know you'll see you'll see differences within domestic play. You know when club teams play each other, of course. And you you can see a little bit of style put in there, but it's never to the point where you're completely contradicting something that the German Federation wants from you. Once you put that Germany jersey on. Like, it's not like one of those things where, for example, if the Germans were to say, well, we're going to be defensive, which is not the case, but it's an example of the German, the German Federation, if Yogi Lowe said, hey, we're going to be very defensive, I promise you, there's not going to be one German coach that's going to be like, hey, psst, come here. I want you to be very attack-minded. Uh, don't listen to them. And that is something that doesn't exist over there, and you can see it. That's why everything gels so nicely. I guarantee you, and I'll pick on Mexico a little bit, no one gives a dang what... Uh, man, who's the coach right now? Osorio has what he, what he says. I promise you, if anything, Mexican coaches who are friends with each other, like in, in Liga MX, probably, probably phone like, each other. This guy sucks. Like, dude, what's up with this guy? What are you doing this? Oh, well, we're working on this. Oh, yeah, well, I'm more of this and that. But it has nothing to do with what Osorio says. And that, to me right there, is already like 
so many things lost in translation, so many things lost trying to move forward, and then you just kind of stay stagnant. You got one thing moving in one direction, you got the other thing it's moving It's like a the pride other. thing, huh? Exactly, yeah. Some coaches would, would rather, you know, I'd rather my team win, forget about the national team. Exactly. They're like, well, they're like, well, I'm not the national team coach, and I'll, and I'll probably never be the national team coach. Whereas, so, you know. whereas the Germans are more concerned with everything exactly. as a whole. That's why they're so good, dude. Eins, zwei. They're just, <laughs> Eins, zwei. They're just superior in every aspect of the sport. Coaching, development. Their own, their, own, their own ego. Dude, I guarantee you, if, like, like you said, if Yogi Love told their team, like, hey, we're going to defend, Marco Royce would not be like, well, why? I'm Marco. He'd be like, okay, yeah. we're defending. Yeah. Sammy Kadir would be like, good, we're going to defend, no and problem. And he would play, and, and uh, again, they're so mature, they're so, you know, they're so multifaceted so that they're, that they're going to be able to follow, Instruction. you know, instructions from their club team mm -hmm. while at the same time implementing what they want to work on with the uh, national, with the national team. team. Bro, it's... Dude, genius. I literally—I'm not even kidding. I got goosebumps right now just thinking about like the like the level of genius. And not only that, just but it's, like just it's, like the the respect, man. The respect for your game. What's, what's crazy is that it's simple. Like the idea is simple. Yeah. Like just do. But what's hard is to get everybody to buy. Like everybody yeah. has to do it. Because if one team, let's say Chivas and Mexico, is like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. Then it's like, well, yeah. Well, okay then. That's just what. like just like them saying, no, we're not gonna stop saying bad words when our keepers kick it. It's like the same mentality. But obviously now we went from like the fans, from the stands mm -hmm. to like the player. It's still that little switch on their in their brain that they're like, dude, no, numero uno, bro. Right. Number it's one comes first. first. Yeah. Selfishness, bro. And the Germans are completely yeah. Unselfish. And and in, a, and in a way they took a backseat. They weren't happy with third place. Jurgen wasn't happy when Klinsmann had it. He wasn't happy finishing third within their own nation, like when they hosted the in World 06. Cup. Bro, that was according to Das Reboot, and I know that that book is telling the truth because I've like fact checked it's it. It's in German, dude. They were like. <laughs> heartbroken man like they truly couldn't believe it it's like it's a, it's a horrible example but it's like check this out if i may go ahead if i may it's our podcast when is that cool Sanj? cool when did airport security really become oh, vital gosh. in after, the u.s after 9 11 okay when did you know checking for dangerous things before big events become important right after there was catastrophe correct Correct. So, for example, you know, with all these people that are causing, you know, trouble in places that are populated and blah, blah, uh -huh. blah, and then there needs to be more security. Okay. They felt something and they truly reacted. They're trying to spark a change. That's literally what happened to the Germans. Now, it's an extreme level, but that's how hurt they were. That's how bad they thought it was. They were literally like, I'm going to say it was an appropriate type of nationalistic pride because it, it'd be crazy to mix too much political of the political world with sport with sport but there is there is like a german sport pride mm -hmm. like as an athlete and man they saw it and they went to work and we're discussing it earlier how they started keeping tabs on players they had they started obviously talking to their coaches and, and man they were just like plotting and scheming sometimes i like some i don't like to think but sometimes i assume that for example, Bruce Arena is out there, you know, just living his life, taking care of his kids, which is fine. You're supposed to have a normal life. Kenny? I, yeah, Kenny. <laughs> or Kenny's kid. Uh, but sometimes I feel like while Bruce is living, for the most part, a normal life, mm -hmm. I just feel like the Germans, like they're going to work. Like, like they're putting on a suit. They're going to the office, wherever it is. Like Hydra. And they're starting to, <laughs> yeah, they're starting to work. And... That's what I like. know that it, there's this assumption that soccer is supposed Damn, to only be like fun. It's like, whoa, all that going into it? No, 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 man. Let the guys play. They take it very seriously. And that's why they're able to enjoy these things, man. It's, uh, it's something that you and I want to bring to this country. And it's hopefully we're in a position to do it soon. Under, understand what Germany's doing. They don't have Messi. They don't have Ronaldo. They don't have a... Well, they have a good keeper, I was going to say. They don't have a guy like Buffon. <laughs> they don't have a guy like Neuer. <laughs> but... Understand, like, they're just, they're all just players. Yeah. They all can just play. They can do anything. Like, like, I don't know if you heard me earlier. I said they're multifaceted. Yeah. They're not going to defend like Juventus, but if you made them defend, they defend very well. Yeah. They're not going to attack like Chile, but if you need them to attack, they're going to attack. They may not possess like Spain, but they will possess very well. Yeah. You know what? Never mind. I think they might be able to possess a little bit better than Spain at this point, but I don't know. So they, they're just good at everything. And that's this, like, as a coach, as an opposing coach, that's the scariest thing. Yeah. What am I going to stop? How am I going to attack this? How am I going to... At halftime, how am I going to make adjustments? And a team like Mexico, who I, who I personally love, but at times, you know, there's that, there's that rivalry and I have to take a backseat and maybe almost hate them a little bit. Right. It comes that time, well, what's Mexico going to do? It doesn't matter what they do at this point. Germany, as long as they stick to what they're going to do, the Germans are going to come out and just... Whew. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Germans, man. Yeah, and dude, one thing you saying that reminded me of something that we were right. also talking about earlier, and I want everybody to hear it. Um, sometimes I feel like every other place in the world, and, and it can it can be countries that are already good at soccer, and mm-hmm. the U.S. is included, and so is Mexico. We're good. We're good. Like every once in a while, a player will come out, or a group of players, like for example, Belgium, oh, and then they're geez. like, yes, like like Portugal is like, oh my god. We have this kid. His name's Ronaldo, and then Ronaldo became Ronaldo, right? Right. And they were like, "Now we can compete. Now we're ready, bro." We're talking about one player, or even right now, there's this thing where it's like, okay, Landon had his moment. Clint's still playing, but even there was a time where it was like, okay, now it's Clint. Now it's Clint. And then the Americans are starting to understand soccer a little bit more, so it's like, okay, but we got Michael Bradley. We have a brain, but but every but I feel like it's been separated every single time. And now it's Pulisic. Now it's like, okay, the kid. But we got Pulisic. We got the pulley system, as you say. Okay, so that's one example. It happens in Mexico. They're like, okay, and Chucky, blah, blah, blah. But the point is that it's always, it always comes down to one like individual one. player. Uh, even in Argentina, with the best player in the world, they're like, okay, we have Messi. Probably of all time. Now we have to be able to win a World Cup. And they're like, dude. And then their reasoning is, we have Messi. How can we not do it? In Germany, they're not waiting for any kind of Messiah. They're no. not waiting for any kind of starlet. No, they're not. Dude. They are looking for players that can the come cogs, in cogs. and just fill in the gaps. I literally got goosebumps again. What these guys so do... Weird. So what weird. these guys do is ridiculous. Because, man, all these They're people superior. spend their whole They're lives superior. looking for one or two and thinking that's it. In Germany, man, they already have the blueprint. It's almost like they're saying, like, okay, everyone come to it's school like an assembly line. and let's see who graduates. Because if you graduate, then you can play. They're not doing this thing where they're trying to get lucky or, or maybe a player, maybe not. Man, I can't really remember a German player that was, like, hot for a moment and then went away. Every German player that I can consistently think Just of, consistent. he play, He did his World Cup, his two World Cups, maybe even three he did his time and then got out. Man, everyone just fits in perfectly. But again, Mikey, they actually do the work. Man, being a it's coach, you know, controlling and, and having a being a, a strong, you know, team or, or, or a powerhouse. Man, it's hard work. It's not just the sport. It's literally having complete control in a creative sense over everything and making sure that the people you have, no one's like a tool. Everyone has to like fall in line with it. Not like a tool, but like a tool. Like a tool. Knocked away, second ball, won by Savarino. He'll go from 30, and he scores! It is 4-1, Real Salt Lake. Comes Plata once again, in on goal. He'll have a shot, he puts the goalkeeper on the ground. It is 6-1 in favor of Real Salt Lake. Heartbreak in L.A., Mikey. Not not an easy time to be a, a Galaxy fan. And for so many reasons it's not an easy time to be a lover of major league soccer and u.s soccer because la galaxy is falling under that umbrella umbrella of everything we do wrong um so obviously mikey we spoke about our our episode title it's love kurtz it comes from love hurts love kurtz kurt on awful the current head coach of the LA Galaxy, but one could already start arguing that that can change. See, it's getting hot soon. It's getting pretty hot. A uh, little behind-the-scenes information. Mikey and I almost got in a real fistfight yesterday uh, about this Galaxy situation. We almost got in a fistfight yesterday because <laughs> of this Galaxy situation. And uh, we just said, you know what? Let's put a cork in it. Well, I said, shut up. And uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow because you're making me lose my mind. And then I stormed out of our college practice. That's what I did. All right, Mikey. Look, man, it's inevitable. We're not going to like each other for the next couple minutes. We are going to agree on some things. We have landed on a few things that we like. um, But overall, you have this. You make me mad, bro. You make me so mad. You have this thing where you're saying. It's 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 for drama, baby. It's for drama. No, you have this thing, Mikey, where you're saying that you don't think Kurt should get fired at all. Like you at this point, you're saying, look, Dude, why fire him? My argument is hold on. don't sack the guy just to sack him. Have a game plan. But once you find something better, I think that it's an OK time. Well, once again, once we actually do have uh, the proper direction, then I think it would be time to sack him. I don't like saying things like that. I've lost jobs before. It's not something that you want to ask people. Ah, uh, these it's not that they fired me personally. Execs? It's just that certain movie, movie. I wish uh, TV, sport networks, they get shut down. Uh, that's why I'm here now. So yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm a small that. business owner now. Yeah, you you're, you own fifty percent of this podcast. I do. Well, fifty one. You didn't read the fine cool, print. Cool, cool. Yeah. All no. Right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, why don't we just get to up, it, dude? Love Kurt. Cause I'm love Curtsy. Curtsy and awful. Everything. Um, Kurt and awful, man. Dude, it's because you say like, you say dumb stuff, dude. Whoa. You you yourself look. You yourself are not 
a dumb guy, and that's what gets me upset is that you're an intelligent person. I understand the logic. I'm gonna tell you a simple thing, and we we talked about this before on the podcast. The Galaxy is a buying club, which is makes no sense. They they think in terms of buying players. But wait, this is where I get mad. It makes no sense to you. Okay, yeah, it'll, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it makes no sense to me because essentially there's only about truly, truly, truly. About five clubs that I would consider buying clubs in which that they buy more players and they buy and they spend more money just buying than they actually make in selling to players. a point where it's okay with you because you no, get no, no, it. No, 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 like, like literally they will make less money selling and they will spend more buying. They are a buying club. So for example, the Galaxy will spend, I don't know, roughly I would say like $15 million on DP and like f- five or six players. Yeah. And the rest of the team gets paid like I would say under 2 million bucks for sure. So that alone is like, okay, well, this team is paying five players this large sum of money, and the rest of the team is getting peanuts, which is, which is, I mean, it happens at every level, but like the gap is super drastic. And you look at a team, like every other team in the world thinks in terms of selling for the most part. Yeah, we buy players for the, like, we were trying to compete, especially at the European level, even the South American, even the Mexican league, right? They think in terms of buying players, but at the same time, every player has their price and that's what they work for. They work towards getting a player good enough, and once he's good enough, right, like we're gonna sell him, or we're gonna move him to a different team in our own country. Whereas the Galaxy think in terms of buying club as a buying club. So right now, let's they just lost six one, dude, a nightmare of a game. My buddy Renee almost killed his grandmother at the game. Six one, not might a bit. Might have been six two. Six two. But are we really gonna count it? <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, you're at six two. Yeah. So look, we I think we all stopped watching. <laughs> it was pretty. After six, it was pretty bad. Five is understandable. Fire, fireworks, though, after the after the game, nobody go. can argue about that. Go, but understand where we're coming from, John. I understand where I'm coming from. You losing six two, okay. it's not a very convincing loss. You didn't do anything well. It's not like they were like, you lost to RSL, who's been through two coaches this season already, and they're like the worst team in the West. Many would say. So I, we can get into a whole other conversation. The only thing I want to get into right now is that who like who do you. Who do you put the blame on? And essentially, it's easier to put the blame on Coronelfo instead of like 25 guys on the team or whatever right. it is. But you have to understand where he's coming from. Jermaine Jones is hurt. There is no more Robbie Keane. There is no more Landon Donovan. There is no row in the net. It's the it's Diop, yeah. which isn't the greatest thing. Jale didn't play yesterday. Yeah. Legit's out. Alessandrini, I think, came on later. Right. So then it's it's... It's one of those things where, like, if you're relying on these players, when in reality you're worrying about the youth, right? Can we develop players? Now I understand. I know Ashik Cole came out with some very recent statements, like literally a couple hours ago. Can't wait to tell you guys yeah. about how the youth needs to step it up. But the youth needs opportunities, and that's what I want to say. That's the only thing I'm I'm saying here, dude. If you don't give your youth a chance, you're gonna end up on this never-ending cycle where you you need to sign players. You need you need to buy players to succeed. And if the galaxy doesn't change that soon. If they if they don't change the idea of we need to create players we need to buy players, they're never gonna have the opportunity create to create players sell players. Not you know well, yeah well if you create players essentially you're gonna have to sell them at one point because okay. they're gonna be good enough. If you don't change that soon, it's gonna be too late in popularity. I feel to be like you know what we're gonna have to take a couple years and change our approach in soccer, especially in player development, because we can't keep buying players because this isn't working. If you do that later, you're not gonna have time. You're gonna have a big enough fan base and enough pressure. I feel in a couple of years where play, where people are gonna be like, no, you have to win. I don't care what you do, you have to right. win. But right now, I feel like it's early enough. The league is still mediocre enough where you can get away with being like, you know what? Yeah, I, I know we have like five titles. We're the most successful club, but now we're gonna reach a whole new frontier and we're gonna worry about just developing. We want to be the first club that develops and wins titles while still developing our youth talent. Yeah. Now. I'll let you talk because I know you you don't think it's these guys, but that's all I want. Because if you don't do it now, John, you're never gonna you're never right. gonna have the chance to do it. Right. So for okay, yes. First of all, though, my personal opinion: if Just we're gonna put the, right, if we're gonna put the blame on anyone, cool, cool, cool. we have to go back years to Bruce, probably to Bruce. Um, when Bruce, look, I. I that I'm I'm a realist. I, I recognize that the real. first the first I'm a realtor. About ten years in Major League Soccer, were not important globally. I get it. Okay. I mean, players came out of it. One being Landon, the other one being Clint. I mean, Timmy Howard. A lot of good players Tom came out Tom of the first good. ten years. Josie Howard, uh, all these Beasley. Guys. A lot of players came out of the first ten years of Major League Soccer. 
But I, I will recognize that once Beckham made the move, I think that there was an understanding that, hey, we want to be able to compete with the rest of the world on every level. Marketing, the league itself, uh, player development, which has not been great. Uh, but they, they tried doing everything. So we'll, so so I'll take it from there. I'll, I'll, I'll start, if, if I may, start, you know, kind of taking shots, you know, like post-2007 uh, when Beckham was here. Okay. Since then, uh, you know, the, the academy system started, uh, the idea of, of, of making uh, USL teams, having, um, affiliates. having affiliates and right. having like a sense like, like, okay, you don't have a reserve team anymore. What we're going to do is we're going to have your second team play in the USL. So they're still professionals in a sense. Uh, and, then, and then the idea was a, a humongous, you know, eye or a, a big like direction or target on the idea of like developing youth that can then go to the first team. So mm-hmm. in theory, the on paper, the idea is great. Right. The execution, not, not so much. So an idea that's not foreign in soccer. Right. It's a lot basically how it, how it goes. My problem here, though, and again, I'll stay on topic with the Galaxy. Because if, if we try to you know, take down every team, it would take way too dang long. Every team has different look problems. How, look how deep the problem is about a 6-1 loss. It's deep. It's not like 6-2, James. 6-2, scored. <laughs> he would kill you if he was here right now. BJ? Even though I, we would probably kill him, TB, TBH. I feel like Ashley Cole just looks and he just looks at yeah. BJ and he's like, why? What happened to this guy? Get out of here, mate. I need maybe. John. I need Wayne. Uh, I, was, I was talking to Migafa and uh, I thought that maybe I don't know. <laughs> I like, I like that was Steven Gerrard. I miss Steven Gerrard. I'm not going to lie to you. I know he didn't do much. Fact. I kind of miss him. Okay, back on. Back on to this. I really need to remember this. At some point, point, Bruce Arena came in and he was like, look, he saw the business side of it and he saw... That's not good. He saw the results. Okay, I understand. He said, okay, I have Landon and Beckham. Two great players to very, start off with. Very great players. You know, then he went off and he started looking for players to fill in the gaps. You know, he, was, he, he got lucky with a player like Omar... He started going out and getting players like, and then under Bruce, you start you see players like Gio, Gerard, Robbie Keane, uh, it's a lot of players. Uh, and those are the noticeable ones that they bought. Okay, so here's the thing: I believe that when Bruce came in during those early Beckham years, the main focus in the Galaxy, and again, this is specific to the Galaxy, was to put good players on that first team. I think that that was the goal. Like there was. That was the first goal, the second goal, and the third. That was everything that they talked about. That's everything they wanted. And since you and I are, are true soccer fans, we, we love the MLS. We, we have an appreciation, a deep appreciation for the Galaxy. We like to stay you know, connected. We like to know what's going on. We know about players like Villarreal, like McBean, like uh, uh, when Tristan Bowen was in the league. And, when, and, and we, always had a, we always had an eye on Lasseter. We're like, okay, these are the new starlets coming up. These are the new blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, Mikey, there was... They were never essential to the team because whoever was in the first team, like, was irreplaceable. They were never going to come in and slot in. So I feel like at some point, the Galaxy Two, the farmer system, which is which is what they are in the USL, they just started kind of doing their own thing. They were just kind of like, well, look, man, we're never we're not going to take Beckham's spot. Come on, we're not going to take Landon's. We're not going to. That's just it. If we jump in, we're not going to be good enough. We're still pretty young. Blah blah blah. Right. And again, this is just like a quick summary of it. Um, fast forward to so now. Far. Fast forward to now. We're in a moment where we're like saying, "Wait a minute! Didn't don't we have this Galaxy Two thing where we've been building players for like a really long time, and now they're supposed to be ready to go?" Uh huh. So now it's the moment where certain players are stepping up, and boom, those players, in my personal opinion, and I think this is where you and I are going to bump heads again. These players are not prepared. Is it the Galaxy's fault? 100%. Yes. Are we now in this situation? Is the Galaxy now in this situation? Yes. Now, from a business point of view, we have... I keep saying we. I'm not with the Galaxy, but I do like those guys. They have to recognize that this group just isn't it. I know that the idea was for these guys to come up and be ready, and I know that was a gorgeous plan five years ago when McBean was 16, when Ari Lasseter was blah, 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 like and the Villarreal <laughs> brothers were so young, and oh, they're, we got these two Villarreal brothers that play for the U15 squad. Oh my God, in five years, they're gonna be fire. Well, it's been five years, and they haven't been ready. So to me, that's but the that's problem. Not, dude, that's not. Well, bro, that has not, been the problem. That's that not their the, fault. the soccer on the field has not been won. good enough. Hold on, but look, they're in sixth place. Okay. They're not in last place, they're, they're still in, play, in okay. the playoff position. They're in sixth place. Losing games like six two at home, not winning, a, only winning one home game, 
and we're already at the middle of the year. But they're in sixth place. Okay, Mike, but you also recognize that. Look, it's because, see, this is where we bump heads. The Galaxy is important to the league. Uh, you and I both see the flaws in Galaxy, okay, but and we think that they shouldn't be put on that altar. Right? They're, they're on this pedestal. Not, it's not true, but yes, I understand what you're saying. Well, it's I'm not true sure. in soccer, but it is our situation. Yeah, so, so you want to see good. If you see good things from the Galaxy, that's good things for the league. Maybe it shouldn't be like that because Galaxy clearly aren't holding you know, up on the deal on their end. But it's upsetting. So to me, it is alarming, and it, and I don't and I recognize not that I don't want them to to. It's difficult, Mike. I recognize that it takes patience, and I recognize that it takes time. But I'm also not going to be naive and act like you know we don't live in a world where it's like actually, man. If you can't get results now, or if you're going to keep getting your butt kicked, you, you you can keep your job. That's just not how it goes. That part you have to be real, Mike. Galaxy, the Galaxy first team is right, playing with like they're <laughs> playing with USL talent. Like eighty percent of the starting eleven is USL talent, and you know that. And something to be said about all these USL Galaxy players that are not part of the first team in Major League Soccer—they never even won the USL. So let's, which is not which winning the USL doesn't mean everything, but it means something right now. It's not even like these guys have have you know just completely killed it at their level to the point where moving up is now something rewarding or deserving it is rewarding but it's not something they deserve and mikey look curdo awful okay let me ask you just a quick question i just i just want to get out there do you think that this situation curdo awful's in it's not his fault it just happens to be that a lot of players are gone and this is what he has like do you think that's what it is or is it because the true depth of the team really isn't good no i think it's i think it's yeah i think it's more his fault but like it's not it's not a bad situation to be in I mean, there could be I, worse. I personally think. All right, so let's 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 work this thing through. Let's say, not that you're taking this this side of the argument, but let's say the Galaxy fire an alpha. Okay. They bring somebody else in. They make big summer signings, one or two, and they make playoffs. Maybe they win the MLS Cup. Maybe they don't. And then next year comes, and then I the same coach, going. and I the same, and then the same coach is there. And then uh, Jale Van Damme's gone. Maybe Ashley Cole's gone. So they bring in another big center back. And then they replace him with like a mediocre, mediocre left back. And then uh, what happens? Maybe Legit gets sold to a team in Europe or he moves somewhere. So they bring in like a right winger. Somebody big. So we get into a situation where we're consistently like buying, buying. This coach isn't working. Let's bring in a new coach. Which in theory works because you're going to... That's what all big clubs do. All big clubs are able to get a new coach with players and he brings in his own players and it takes a couple years, even with Chelsea, even with Manchester United, with Mourinho, even Man City with Pep Guardiola, one of the best coaches in the world. He, he came on and said, this team maybe needs like 10 years if they want to get to the consistency and the importance of Juventus, of Barcelona. So when I when we talk about the Galaxy and this guy's getting a lot of flack for, for changing it up, I, I get it, but then... What do you guys think is a solution? Bringing in new, more players and then bringing in a new coach? Well, that's going to solve something for now. And then what happens the next time? You're going to do the same exact thing. And then it becomes an endless wheel, an endless circle of doing the same thing over and over again with new people. Right. And then it, beco- and then it becomes like, dude, this, this team isn't producing anybody. This team isn't helping anybody other than themselves. They're not, making, they're not taking talent and making them better. They're not getting coaches and making the coaches any better. They're out here just worried about winning. The league is so young. You have more titles than everybody. Why don't you try something new? Like we said earlier in, in earlier parts of this episode, the Germans were finishing third place, a position I wish the Americans were in, and they knew it wasn't good enough. They knew they wanted to be better. They wanted to strive for better things. So they took risks. They were like, okay, we're going we're gonna to change it. We're going to have everybody kind of follow the same system. And I think you, we, we can't be so quick to be scared of different. Just because he's not winning... Doesn't mean he's doing terrible. Kurnoffel, I think, is a decent coach. I think yeah, he clearly I knows think, his, he knows his thing. I, you know. I think he, what makes him such a good coach is that he has the trust to take a risk with the young guys. Like, dude, if we win or lose, don't worry about that. You just need to play. That's bravery, man. Yeah. Because essentially, he knows it's his head. It's his head. If if something has something has to go, it's him. Right. But at the same time, it's like, well, dude. So, well, final. At least for me, me again, we're different. I'm glad somebody came along and was like, yeah, we're going to go with the young guys. Because what do you guys think this is? You guys think this is like, we're, we're not what you guys think and we're not what you want to be. We're, we are what I want because I'm the coach. Yeah. And I'm going to say we're this. We spend time with these guys 
And maybe what what not what upsets me. What I want to tell you is like, dude, you could be right. Like you could be like these aren't the guys, but you have to write it out. Write it out with these guys, and then the next guys get better. And then all of a sudden it becomes like, okay, yeah, we signed pieces, but eight, seven of our guys are from here. They're and our coaches are here, and they're good coaches, and the players are good. And then all of a sudden it becomes like, dude, now the national team is good. And now everything kind of falls into place. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe it could have just been Rafa no. needing to start. And then, then <laughs> no, it, you know what? It's it's because the reality is that, like, man, even you, me and you sitting here and doing this show for, you know, for a couple minutes, it, the problem the problem is so big, man. We, we can truly talk about this for so long. One one thing that that I will say is, is this. Look, I recognize right now, as a, as a lover of Major League Soccer and a supporter of the Galaxy, I recognize that firing Kurt is not going to make anything go away not not now mm-hmm. not now which and you know what i think there's a reason why we didn't get why we, there was no news the night of the night the day before it's now been what three days since mm-hmm. no news right and i feel like it's because they all know but you think maybe they had to sit down like hey kurt another one absolutely like, another one like this and i mean at some point there's people that you know their money is in the club and if that club ends up not being successful or people stop going to the stadium it affects people's wallets People that have a lot of money, that care a lot about money. Dang it, dude. I, would, yeah, I, have to I was keep about to cut you off and argue with you, but I'm going to But that's, finish. I know. I recognize <laughs> that that's not the easiest part to hear in sports, but we all know that's the reality everywhere. Everywhere in sports. That's the reality. <laughs> all right. No, I mean, if a team starts doing bad, uh-huh. the people that have money invested into the club are the ones that start pressuring for a change. Right. That's a fact. I think it's stupid, and I think where we see it the most is Mexico, and we see it a lot in the Prem. It happened to Bob Bradley. QPR. The American they owners were like, hey, we got to get, like, we tried, we we just, we're scared. We're scared that we're not going to, and then we got to get them out. Whatever. Mm. <clears throat> so I recognize that there's no quick fix. There is no quick fix. So right now, we can't, we can't have a conversation as if there is a solution, which is difficult because then that leaves us like right in the same place. We just, you're right. Galaxy's going to have to just ride it out. The most important, okay. But now you and I, we can go a little, we can sidetrack a little bit and kind of have this conversation about Kurt Arnolfo. And again, Kurt Arnolfo is someone that I, I like a lot. I remember him as a player. I remember him when he was a, an assistant for Bruce Arena with the national team. I remember the good years he had when he was the head coach of Kansas City. I remember when he had DC United. And I remember DC. the good times when he was, you know, he was the Galaxy assistant during the, the great Beckham years when they won the double and blah, blah, blah. We won't give away any names. That would be absolutely <laughs> criminal. Um, but we know a lot of players that played for Kurt. At some point, our team was affiliated with the Galaxy 2. Mm-hmm. So we got to play a lot with those guys. Those guys actually came in and would kind of take our spots, which we hated at the time, but we understood. We were just happy to be. Yeah, they were better, man. We were happy to be uh, in the same room and locker room with Galaxy 2 players. That's just a fact. We love the organization. or it's just It just feels cool. So, Mikey, too often we've heard the same thing. though, And, and we heard it this morning. From players that are from former players or people that are friends with players, blah blah blah. They don't think Kurt is the best coach. Now I know when I say the best coach, I'm not well, I'm not trying to say well he's not Pep Guardiola, therefore fire him. But they think that sometimes his tech his his philosophy is weak. Uh, his training sessions uh, don't demand much of you. It doesn't it doesn't challenge you mentally. It doesn't make you look at the game differently. It doesn't make you. It doesn't help you grow. Now we've heard this from a few from a few people. Personally, it's a little difficult for me to have this conversation because when he got the job, I was able to interview him within days, and he was lovely. He spoke to me in English, spoke to me in Spanish. Always a super cool dude. Uh, I remember one time when we played the Galaxy U18s, his son was playing with the Galaxy team, and he would come and and, and watch. You know, it's just cool. I can tell he's a family dude. He's a cool dude. But these are the things that have been that that have been thrown out there. These are things that have been thrown out there. And you know what, Mikey? You and I, we're coaches. We've had a lot of coaches. And to be honest, man, it's unfortunate. We've lost locker rooms. You know that you and I have looked at each other, unfortunately, at times. And we were like, dude, our coach isn't making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Or our coach is this and that. Or maybe if you and I come from a coach that was great and we're not playing for a different coach, we're like, dude, this guy, the other guy knew what he was doing. What is this guy doing? So now I start thinking there's players like Ashley Cole. Give me some of Ashley Cole's past managers. I can uh, think of two. Pep, uh, Pep Guardiola, Arjen Wenger. Yeah. And Jose Maria. Okay. Crazy, right? Then you think about Alessandrini coming, you know, where he's been. Where did Gio come from? 
the Barcelona and one of his direct coach was Pep Guardiola during Pep Guardiola's you know youth years right so he saw he was with the rise of Pep I mean I don't think that Gio has kept any of that information and put it to good use but obviously (laughs) he's clearly he's clearly someone that is brain dude. yeah unfortunately he's clearly someone that recognizes good soccer so sometimes I feel like if what we're hearing is true and I'm gonna go ahead and say and believe that maybe it is true I think that in a, in a way, in a sense, the locker room is lost. And can you just imagine an LA Galaxy squad, a team that has good players, because they do have good players, and they're respected within the world of soccer, the small world of soccer in U.S. and the U.S. that is growing. Imagine what it would be like for the, a Galaxy locker room to be like, I don't really agree with what this guy's saying. It starts to bleed through. It starts to bleed through, and it, and, and and it starts to show on the field today. Um, Ashley Cole's comments. I mean, Mikey. A little rough. I, I, I'm not. I'm in no way sensitive. I totally understand where they're coming from, but you know he can get in trouble for this. This is something that Kurt or the rest of the technical staff can be like, "Hey, Ashley, you can't say these things." Um, but clearly, there are problems. Uh, a lot of words have been thrown out there at press conferences with Kurt and off. Now they're talking about this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. We're embarrassed. This isn't us. Blah blah blah. No excuses. 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 Um, so what I'm trying to say is. Even though what's happened to the Galaxy is very... Un- it is unfortunate, and we can break it down in a lot of ways. There are there there are some facts as well, Mikey, that point to maybe Kurt not being the best guy in charge. Now, I understand they're going to have to write it out, and this is going to be like a long-ter- a long-term fix that starts with kids that are probably only like about 12, 11 years old right now. But um, But I do believe that there could be a coach right now that with this group of players, with whatever games are left, maybe about 17, half the season, something like that, there can still be some some soccer saved. There can still be, you know, maybe all they got to do is tweak it. Because like you said, obviously all those guys can play some soccer too. Some better than others, which is the weird thing about Galaxy. You got players that have won Champions League. You have players that have never even played or scored a goal in Major League Soccer. In USL. Exactly. So, I mean... It's one of those things, man. I, I I will never say that anyone should get should get sacked. I, I I I for a long time I had the biggest thing against Jurgen Klinsmann being the coach of U.S. Soccer, but it never came from my mouth. They should fire him. And if I ever said it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't sober, John. It wasn't like, and it wasn't what? disrespectful. It was disrespectful. Okay, no sure. <laughs> Look, dude, uh, but you know but what hey, I mean. Check this out. Check this out. And again, we're this is called Love Kurtz. So let's take a second. To love let's, Kurt. Let's have some tunnel vision just for a second. Put the spotlight on Kurt. What can we say? What can be said? I gave my piece. I like Kurt. I like Kurt. Look, too. I just, I, I want you to think about this. If we fire, not if we fire Kurt, if we bring in a new coach and he's successful, he, he, he betters a team, maybe they, maybe they get first place in the, in the West and they make the MLS Cup. But the, US, but the, but the youth teams don't matter in this scenario. Like, no, 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 no. Maybe he takes the youth there. Oh, yeah. Well, let's say he doesn't. And he doesn't win the MLS Cup. He falls short. And then the next year he takes him again, and then they fall short again. And then he takes him a third time the year after that, and then they get close, they make the final, and they lose, and they come short again. So all I'm saying is if we're going to be, if we're going to measure how I would almost say Kobe Bryant measures success with titles, a big one. then, then we, need to, we need to take a back seat because understand what's happening here. He's trying to change everything. Now, whether he's lost the locker room or not, that's that's different. I can totally understand how a game like this can cause you to kind of lose confidence in your coach. But at the same time, a coach should be able to bounce back, round up his players, talk to his captains, talk to his leaders on the team, and bring everybody back in and let them know what's going on. I hope that's what happens. I hope he stays because I would rather go down with the ship with this guy than having some guy in with... The same ideas that not that Bruce is a bad coach, but with the same ideas as Bruce, or with the same MLS mentality of like, okay, well, how are we gonna win? How do we win? It's like, dude, stop worrying about how to win. How can I get these young guys in? How can I win with my guys? How can I do that? I think that's so much more important right now in this current stage of MLS, because it's like this. So under 25 years, league's been around. It's gonna get to the point where like, yeah, we have to win because we have to win, but we're not there yet. And it's a, I think it's the perfect time to take the risk, man. What's the worst that can happen? You don't, you don't win it? You have five. The idea is not real that there's pressure. It's not, it's not that real. But there is, there is a pressure from a marketing and 
just like a global aspect, especially with LAFC coming. And again, it's one of those things where like you and I essentially like, yeah, we don't care. We don't feel that pressure. We're not at their front offices every day dealing with all this stuff. But you have to recognize that this, the Galaxy is, they, this is some people's lives. Right. And this, th- that means that, man, new gaffers come in and they fire everybody. They clean house sometimes. Right. So you got to recognize that they do want results too. So there needs to be the perfect, like, but what if I balance? To- what if I told you working on both ends, youth and your current? What if I told you if you kind of not bite the bullet, but if you kind of ride it out for a year or two, the payout from taking this risk is so much greater than what you would have done had you abandoned this plan earlier. What if it's like, well, yeah, Galaxy, I understand because there's money involved, but I understand that there's youth involved. And we've invested money into these guys too. And if we get them good enough and they play enough, one day we can sell these guys for 10 times what it costs to make. No, I, I understand. Now, I think that's one, that sounds just funner as a player. And I, I, if I had a son, even a daughter, because they have a women's team now, I'd be like, yeah, go play for the Galaxy. But right now, as it stands, I would rather send my kid, unfortunately, to like a team in Europe where he, he would probably develop more, where he'd be given a chance. Whereas in the Galaxy, like he could be... He could be the greatest U18 right winger, but uh, you know the guy actually could sign some Serbian, and that, I don't even exaggerate. They could sign like oh yeah, no, a you're Serbian right. type right. player out you're of like the Swedish league, who's had like 20 caps for you know Serbia, and he's been to a World Cup, and there goes my son's chance because the guy actually wants to win, and they don't want to, and then I, which I understand, and if it's gonna be like that, then be like that, but then don't come. And then talk about how the Galaxy is doing great things because, yeah, they're winning titles, but they're not helping anybody other than themselves. But at this point, Mikey, uh, an argument can be made, a big one, an easy one, that even even the Galaxy 2 players right now don't have a bright future. They just got beat 9-0. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) 9-0 to Reno, an expansion side from the USL. First year team. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. So... So right there, Mikey, if they leave the teams the way it is, if there's no movement within the Galaxy first team and you leave Mike Munoz and you uh, and you keep the same players that are in Galaxy 2, then at some point, those Galaxy 2 players will go to Galaxy 1 and probably not be ready. Then And Galaxy and, the, and then the first team might still have problems because those players were never ready to begin with. My So what I'm saying is this. Look, there's nothing you can do in this short amount of time. There's nothing. All you can do is fire some people... And then Shake cause and then cause a little bit of trouble and then you know have some locker room beef and blah blah blah. That's it. Just make life uncomfortable for people because okay. now people got to come in like ah yeah we got a new coach blah blah blah. I don't even know yada yada. Okay. So you can, <laughs> that was so like the super accurate. I, I mean yeah, like. imagine Van Dam going yeah we got this I don't know a new freaking coach I don't know anybody here so yeah I guess he's new or something I don't know. I don't even speak English. So look man, you can either just do that, write it out, uh-huh. hope for the best, change change your philosophy a little bit though. I mean, try to incorporate a little bit more brain into your game, yeah. please. That we like. That. Try your best to put the best team out there, regardless of if it's youth or if it's a, a, a you know a senior player, someone that's got experience. But Mikey, I do think that the Galaxy has to restructure a lot of things in the offseason. A lot. I think they have to take a good look at Galaxy Two. They have to take a good look at Mike Munoz. They got to take a good look at the players. They have to take a good look at the depth of the Galaxy. And real and re- and realize that they're still good because look and it's unfortunate and you and I have been part of it, Mikey. Just like I said, we hasn't earlier. We were with the squad, training our butts off, and then we became affiliates with Galaxy Two. And then with the guys that weren't getting minutes over there, Jaime Villarreal being one of them, they would slot in with us and they would put us on the on the bench, us and a lot of other guys. And look, yeah, there were times where we we would have some banter about it and we talk about it and we'd be a little pissed and stuff. But we both recognize, Mike, you and I can look at each other and be like, hey, this is how the game goes. You don't like it, be better. If you're not good enough, don't freaking whine about it. Just be mature, and that's just how life is. You're in this, okay? So, look, one thing that I will say, and say I it. say this, and it's not easy. There, are been, there have been players in Galaxy. There are players that are in the Galaxy now that have just been very unlucky. There was a moment, look. At some point, again, there was a Beckham, there was a Landon, there was a Kino, there was a Juninho, there was a Marcelo Sarvas, there was a Gerard. I mean, the list really does go on. Great teams. And, and they never felt the need of having, like, depth. They never, need, they never looked at the bench. That idea never even... They, yeah, they were like, dude, look, yeah, maybe one guy will get injured, but the game's probably already won, you know? Right. So because of that, 
those players did not get the practice they needed. They didn't get the minutes they needed. They didn't. They weren't able to absorb the kind of soccer that you need when you're a 19, 18-year-old professional to be able to carry on. They just didn't. They missed out on it. Short end of the stick. Your team was stacked, and your team didn't care enough about your development. Fact. That's just it. Short end of the stick. The point right now that I'm trying to make is, look, what happened to them sucked. I know that they're not prepared to play first-team soccer because a lot of them are arguably even prepared to play USL or to compete at, at the highest level of wherever they're at. I, I admit it's unfortunate for them, but it's a fact that they're not ready. And when someone's not ready and if someone doesn't belong there, regardless of whose fault it is, you got to let them go. And I believe that there are players in the Galaxy, the ones that go up and down with Galaxy 2, that don't deserve or belong in the Galaxy anymore moving forward. I'm not saying sack them now. I'm saying help them out. See if you can make some moves. If you can't, apologize to them. Say, hey, look, man, this project never worked out. We kept trying to go out there and buy designated players. I'm sorry. You never got the minutes you needed. We never really developed you the way we should have. I apologize. Let me help you find another team. I'm pretty sure you can excel somewhere else. But the Galaxy now needs to go in a different direction. You don't take a shower and then put your old clothes back on. I think you need to restructure the identity of the club from the U whatever level they have. Maybe they even have U8s now. From U8 to the first team, the philosophy needs to be the same. Just like it is at every successful club around the world for the most part. Like Barcelona. I mean, Chelsea has like a really good youth team, but I don't think they have the greatest academy because they tend to buy players and loan out their younger ones. But a team like Ajax, from the get-go, they're learning the same thing. Yeah. And I think they need to look into getting better coaches. The thing with the Galaxy, I think it's kind of like uh, kind of an Ecclesiastes. They're kind of a fraternity. They kind of have former players mm-hmm. step into roles that maybe they're not really ready for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the best coaches in the world, i.e. Mourinho, weren't very good players. Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. They were. They played. They got to a decent level, but they were never at the caliber of a Luis Figo, a caliber right. of Zinedine Mara- Zidane. Maradona. A great exception to that. The greatest exception, perhaps. So, it gets, and Beckenbauer. It gets to a thing where you're just like, dude, okay, we need we need better coaches. We need the best coaches that we can find. We need to have the same idea because if we do that, then there's no reason our youth should fail. The youth, if, if, we're to, if we're to go down your road, failed because they weren't exposed to the right environment. Right. They weren't taught the right way. And now they're good enough, but they're not good enough. Right. They're good enough for them, but maybe stepping onto the MLS... Perfect. Exactly. The style of play that they played isn't good enough to hide them they from can't their weaknesses. Even, they can't even survive in, in, in mo- most games. They can't. Right. So, so then it becomes a thing like, okay, we need to change, but we need to change the right things. So I guess I agree with you to an extent. I would just, if you're going to get rid of them, you got to essentially, you got to change a lot. You got to change a whole lot, which I'm okay for. Agreed. So that's, that's how we feel about the Galaxy. I'm sure this conversation isn't over quite yet. It's never uh, over. We'll be keeping you guys posted. Uh, when it comes to the LA Galaxy. And the chance fell to Corona and Dwyer! He feels a whole lot more American now. Yes, finally Dom Dwyer getting his goal, John, with the national team. And what a way to start with the goal. A very good goal at that because he had a... Uh, they made it look easy. That's a really hard strike. Yeah, I, I, I always get excited when what? when the U.S. scores. I always get excited when the U.S. scores. This one was different. Against, it, it, and against Ghana. Yeah, it was it was special. Ghana. Ghana uh, <laughs> uh, I, dude, I got super excited when he scored. You know Dom Dwyer's story. He was waiting so long to have citizenship. He finally has it now. He's proud to be an American. You can see him pounding on his crest, kissing his crest. It was, it, it was a fun moment. And to answer our soccer questions and 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 you know things we were always wondering it's great to be to be in a position where we can say hey it's still early but it's looking like he can work out at least domestically which is what the u.s is going for with this gold cup roster for sure definitely this gold cup roster looks well actually looks pretty strong unfortunately kenny say you've got hurt john obviously the bad news hit us yesterday about right around the morning time and chris pines gets brought in the former UCSB standout. So we'll see what happens there. But what'd you think of the game, buddy? I thought it was pretty good. I, I know you caught some of it. Dude, yeah. I'm starting to think that Kellen Acosta is starting to take Jermaine Jones' job. I think I think that we're there. I think that we officially live there. Um, I think that when we compare it to Jermaine Jones, like we're saying, well, who's going to play, Kellen or Jermaine? Then I think it is Kellen. 
but I think there will be moments under Bruce Arena where it won't necessarily be Kellen always starting. I feel like there can be moments where he'll maybe just, once again, put Michael Bradley there, maybe put a Dax McCarty there. So I don't know if Kellen Acosta is the guy that Bruce Arena is going to be starting consistently, but I do think that we did find the next guy. The only thing I hope for is that they are using him as much as we use a Michael Bradley. Let the, let the people know, John, when's the Gold Cup starting, buddy? The Gold Cup is kicking off tomorrow. Uh, the first game, well, tomorrow being Friday, uh, July 8th. Sorry, July 7th. French Guiana? New Guinea, New Guinea. French New Guinea. No, no, that's not what it says here. Anyways, they're taking on Canada. Uh, that will be the that will be the first game with Hon- and then match. Honduras taking on Costa Rica. That should be a fun game. Those guys always going go at, at each it. other. And then the game that finally matters on Saturday, July eighth, the U.S. men's national team taking Ooh. on Panama. That's gonna be a thriller. And Panama always loves to go hard uh, in Gold Cup finals. Uh, the U.S. beat Panama in the Gold Cup final in two thousand five. And they beat Panama in the Gold Cup final in 2013. So between these two teams within this tournament, there is there is a bit of a rivalry. So uh, don't expect anything uh, too easy for the U.S. Uh, the young, the team a little young, uh, domestic, uh, not as good mm-hmm. as you know compared to you know what Pulisic and blah blah blah. Well, let's not forget, John, that if so you made one. the preliminary roster, you can get called in after the semifinal. Yeah. So a little information that we want to share with you guys. If you so you see for example Mexico squad just like you see the US squad the two popular squads in this tournament you see a lot of names that that aren't listed for the 23 that that were called in but if you look at the 40 man roster you start to see players like for example a Pulisic a Bradley blah blah the reason they have that is because uh, it's kind of a bogus it's a, but it's, it's a, a little loophole right. uh, basically it's there for if in case players get injured. You don't. You're not all of a sudden playing the next seven matches in a tournament with you know two injured players. You're able to call in other players. So that's what it's there for. But what a lot of teams do is once they get past the group stage and once they start you know kind of feeling that intensity and they really want to win, they start calling what you would consider better players. So let's not forget, Mikey. Uh, Mexico can still call in the Chucky, El Chucky Lozano. Chucky. They can still get Rafa Marquez in. They can still get Gio. Oh, Peralta. Uh, Gio, not in it, actually. He asked for a, for a little bit of time off. Oh, that's right. He told, uh, but uh, the cool uh, thing oh, about wow. the U.S., Mikey, uh-huh. is that we, if they want to, and I hope they do, we can see Christian Pulisic uh, in a Gold Cup. I would love to see that. I think it'd be fun. Guys, all the Gold Cup information, all that stuff we just gave you is brought to you by our good sponsors over at Highland Park CrossFit. If you don't know by now... CrossFit is not even the latest thing. It's been around for a while. It's freaking hard. I think CrossFit's everything now. This is my sixth week, and I feel great. Looking good, man. They're looking at. They're located at 5917 North Figueroa Street in L.A. If you need to know, their phone number is 323-443-5917. Go to their website, highlandparkcrossfit.com. Oh, I'm sorry, highlandparkcf.com. You can follow them on Instagram at hp underscore crossfit. Let them listen to Defender Palms. You're getting all the info about the Gold Cup from them because they're sponsoring that segment of the show. And they'll give you guys half off for one month membership, which is great because boxes can uh, they be real expensive, John. Yeah, they can be very expensive. That's why this one is an absolute steal. Love the place. Love the people. Josie. Love you, guys, brother. you guys got to go check it they out. They got man. CrossFit Kids now on Saturdays, buddy. Of course they do. They're geniuses. I mean, they invested in this. Just sign the waiver, please. Um, yeah. You want to get into the last little bit of uh, Let's get a little, a DP ru- exchange? Yeah, a little speed round, man. What's going on in the world of soccer? So quick, as you guys know, maybe not the MLS right now, but there is transfer windows all around Europe going on. So we got some big moves. If you guys don't know, I'm going to try to, get, I'm gonna try to I mean, breeze through it as quick as I can. Gerardo de la Fao, the, the captain of the yeah. Spanish U21 team in the Euros, is back to Barcelona from Everton. For the for, second time, finally. Yeah, for 12 million euros. So they bought him back for 12 million. Juan Cuadrado made his move from Chelsea to Juventus permanent for 20 million euros. <laughs> million there euros. you go. The big one right now, John Terry to Aston Villa in the championship for an undisclosed fee, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. Because The future champions of the Brent brand. Brent was like, I would have loved to have that guy. That's, like, oh, that's all I needed. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Michael Keane, the young yeah. English center back, the former Manchester United center back, moving from 30 million pounds from Burnley to Everton. I'm pretty sure Tim Howard is kind of wondering where that has been. <laughs> so that's always good. And let's see if I can get this in time. Matias Ginter, a former teammate now of Christian Pulisic, moving from Borussia Dortmund. He participated in the Confeds Cup. He mm-hmm. just moved to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Interesting. Stayed Interesting in Germany, move. but he moves from yeah Dortmund to Mönchengladbach. Not, not a big drive, actually. Yeah. Luis Gustavo moving from Wolfsburg to Marseille. 
Not the best move for us Americans because John Brooks probably gonna look around like, well, who's gonna defend me now? Yeah, and all of that and that happening after fighting rele- after surviving relegation. Yeah. yeah. Fabio Contrao, the left back from Real Madrid, has got loaned out to Sporting back in his home country of Portugal. Right. Pepe moving from Real Madrid to Besiktas, former Jermaine Jones move. Money moved for free actually, but uh, I mean he probably should have gone to PSG if he was smart. But whatever, we won't even get into that right now. And then lastly, John, we're just gonna close out with. I mean, probably the best move, Danny Williams moving from... At the time, I was like, what? Yeah. But moving from Reading to Huddersfield Town, the team that beat him in the playoff and just got promoted into the EPL, John. Could there be anything cooler? That team literally went up against Danny Williams. Danny Williams. Beat beat him, but still recognized, hey, look, we're going to need that guy as we're about to enter the Prem. Man, that's... That's awesome. And technically, as of July 5th, officially... Fred Guzan moved from Middlesbrough over to Atlanta. Officially. He is back in Major League Soccer, and he will be the number one for the Danny Williams. That makes Danny Williams, uh, Cameron. Is that it? That's Uh, the Americans? Bro, that's our... Those are our Americans. Fred Guzan's gone. Tim Howard's gone. I thought we had one at... Oh, no, but he got... Emerson Heinemann, he's in... He's at Fulham. But he's in uh, Scotland right now. He's He's at Bournemouth. He's at Bournemouth. But he got loaned out, right? Did he, I don't know if he got loaned out oh, again. Oh, Gooch. Lyndon Gooch. Lyndon Gooch is at Sunderland who got relegated. No. Oh, God. Gideon Zalela plays for Arsenal, but he's hurt. Danny Williams, man. Danny Williams. <laughs> it used to be Clint. It used to be Timmy. Uh, we got Danny Williams. We got Danny Williams. Man. Another great episode. Another Love great Kurtz, episode. Man. Love Kurtz, and it really does. It, it stinks sometimes. It really does, man. But all right, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you guys after the first wave of games for the Gold Cup. We'll see you guys next week. Take it easy. You got anything to say to the people? Nope. Just take care. Watch this Gold Cup and support your U.S. national team. Please. That was so flat. All right, guys. Take it easy. Love you guys. Peace. 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 Peace.